love him. Come on, tell him I'm going to put my faith in you. I'm going to put my trust in you. You're a firm foundation. You're the rock that's higher than I am. I can always trust in you. I can always trust in you. The wonderful presence of God is in the house. We are thankful for all of you that are here, all of our guests. I join with Pastor Trammell welcoming you. Thank you for being here. And unlike him, he seemed a little excited that there wasn't any snow. I was kind of disappointed. I, I you know, <laughs> you know, it, it would have been uh, enough. Maybe it'll come after service. You know, it wasn't so much about, you know, service. It was just about walking outside. It was just enough to make you annoyed. You know, ju- just enough that like, it's, it's like when it's raining, it's not raining enough to actually use your windshield wipers, but it's raining just enough that you can't really see out your windshield. That, that's, you know, that's kind of the way I felt this morning is when I walked outside, it was, it was just cold, you know, and there wasn't any snow and it just, you know, so I was a little disappointed, but it looks like according to the weather, we have a few more chances this week. So maybe the Lord will hear my prayers. <laughs> So if you would turn in your Bibles to Job chapter 23, I will be reading verses 1 through 4 and then verses 8 through 10. I feel that I have something this morning. Um, The title is where it began with me and I, God kind of spoke, thank you. God spoke. And what a wonderful worship team this morning. Didn't they just usher us into the presence of Almighty God this morning? So thankful for them. Thankful for all that they do, getting here early, coming and practicing during the week, just just so that we can join with them in worship. And that's what we do. We join with them in worship. They're not here to put on a show. They're here to create an atmosphere of worship, and then we join with them, and God just moves in the house. I am thankful for all that they do. Job 23, verses 1 through 4, and then skipping down and reading verses 8 through 10. It says, Then Job answered and said, Even today my complaint is bitter. My hand is listless because of my groaning. And oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come to his seat. I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. For some reason, I really like that. I would present my case. I would fill my mouth with arguments. Verse 8, look, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. But he knows... But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. For the next few minutes, I would like to title this message, Legitimate Questions. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you have legitimate questions. Now, smile at them and you may be seated. My boss called yesterday from Kansas City, Johnny. Um, he called yesterday to let me know about 
a, a movie that he had watched the night before. It's a faith-based movie about uh, a couple of young guys, and one of them gets hurt, and the other one begins to blame and question God. And, and he wanted to know if I'd seen it. He thought it, it had a good message, and it was based on, on a... On a, on a on an athlete's life and how that that athlete had come to find Jesus Christ. And, and I, was, I, was, I was looking at it and I, I told him, I said, I've, I've never seen it before. And then it, it gives all of these options of other movies that if you like this one, you can watch this one. And so I, I looked down and it had a really cool picture and it was called The Fifth Quarter. And so I was like, well, that's, you know, I'll watch the trailer for it. And, and it was another faith-based movie. And, and there was a line in the movie that just, in, in the trailer, that I, I had to stop. And I looked at Kim because it's something that I had been telling her all week. And the young man, the, a tragedy had happened to his best friend or brother or something along the way. And he just looks and, and he says, if God really loves me, then why would he allow me to go through all of this pain? I looked at Kim, she stopped playing the piano, and she said, that's your message. And, and I, 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 I sent the message to Johnny, and I said, look, you, you know, it, it's not the one that you were telling me about, but because of that, I, I found this, and, and I felt the presence of God just kind of come in because there was a confirmation. And, and so he called, I called him later, and, and he was like, well, what's the word? Because he always wants to know what I'm going to preach about. And he says, what's the word? And, and, and I began to tell him, he goes, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not worried about what you're going to preach about. I know what you're going to preach about. He goes, what does this tell us? He goes, it tells us that we need to listen to the voice of God. I'm going, Johnny, come on, you're preaching to me. And he goes, it tells us that we need to listen to the voice of God because had I not called you, you might not have got the confirmation that you would listen to. He goes, I'm not saying anything special about me. He goes, but I was watching it. And the entire time that I was watching it, I kept telling myself. And I kept feeling, I told Connie, I've got to call Greg about this movie. I know he's probably seen it. It's probably something that, that he's going to laugh at me because I watched. Because it's not as good as some other stuff. He goes, but i got to call him and tell him about it. And he goes, because I listened, there was a confirmation and I sat on my couch last night and, and I couldn't help as I was beginning to study. I began to think about we all have questions. We all have been in the place that that young man was wondering where is God not only when I'm going through something but where is God when other people are going through things. We have questions and somehow, some way, it has gotten to the place that as Christians, as apostolics, as Pentecostals we've gotten to the place that we're afraid to even admit that we have questions. We're afraid to admit because we're worried that someone is going to judge us. Someone is going to condemn us. Someone is going to tell us that our walk with God is not where it needs to be. But I stand here this morning under the unction of the Holy Ghost to tell you you've got legitimate questions but there is a God that has an amazing answer. There is a God that will never leave you nor forsake you. It's not the question. It's who you can go to with the question. So I read an article as I was reading and, and the article claimed that children between the ages of 3 to 5 ask on average 76 questions an hour. 76 questions an hour. The University of, 
of California is the one that did the study and, and this is what they had to say. They said the study concluded and, and it says thus the ability to ask questions is, is a powerful tool that allows children to gather information they need in order to learn about the world and the problems they need to solve. Children must ask questions in order to learn. The process of everything happening around them, for them to process the information, to process everything that they see, they must ask questions. And so I I continued to, to go down this rabbit hole of children asking questions, and I found an article titled, Kids Ask a Lot of Questions. How do you not click on that article? Kids ask a lot of questions. And, and the very first paragraph, it just it jumped right to the point and it says that some studies show the average four-year-old will ask as many as 200 to 300 questions a, a day. Warren Berger, author of A More Beautiful Question, says that kids ask an average of, are you ready? 40,000 questions between the ages of two and five. Parents out there, Understand, 40,000 questions, 40, (laughs) yeah, I don't know if it it added in the same question over and over, are we there yet, are we there yet, are we there yet, are we there yet, when are we going to eat, when are we going to eat, what are we going to eat, what are we going to eat, they ask the questions over and over, I found another article in Preaching Today, and how do you not use an article in Preaching Today, because that's what I'm doing, I'm, I'm preaching today, and it said the writer Ralph B. Smith made an observation that children will ask 125 questions roughly a day, depending on the age, but adults will only ask six questions. They will only ask six questions because they feel that their question might be considered a dumb question. They're afraid to admit that they don't understand something because I'm a man, I'm supposed to know, or I'm, I'm a grown woman, I'm supposed to know how to do this. I'm, I'm supposed to know how to be a parent. I'm supposed to know how to be a husband. I'm supposed to know how to be a wife. But if you've not had anyone live a life of example before you, how are you going to learn if you're not willing to ask? And I began to look at this, and I remembered uh, my neighbor back home in Louisiana, Tracy. He was a year younger than me, but he had a, a brother named Jeff that Jeffrey got to the place that he really liked to ask questions. And I remember we're standing outside on 4th Street and, and Tracy's standing there and all of a sudden I hear Jeffrey in the distance go, Tracy! What, Jeffrey? Why is the sky blue? <sighs> Tracy! What, Jeff? Why is water wet? Tracy! <sighs> what, Jeffrey? He pauses... Why is the grass green? Tracy kind of shuddered a little bit maybe and I just remember what happened next is all that, tra- that Jeffrey got out was Tracy! And Tracy turned and began to run after Jeffrey. Jeffrey was, was a lot quicker and it's probably good for him because I found out later that Jeffrey had spent the entire night asking Tracy just questions of, that didn't really matter. That, that Jeffrey finally realized that if I can push this button on him, he's going he's gonna to break and he's going to get in trouble and I'm just going to say well mom, I was just asking questions and so Jeffrey just ran and took off down through the field and, and Tracy tried to catch and finally came back but somehow, some way, I wonder if that attitude is not God 
gotten into the church that we've come to the place that we've forgotten what it was like to be a new convert. We've forgotten what it was like to start our relationship with God to where we're the ones with the questions. We have the questions and we begin to ask, hey, who was that Moses guy in the ark? Just wondering. So the response is, no, that was Noah. Well, then, who's Noah? Well, he's the guy that built the ark. What ark? The one you just asked about. Well, then, who's Moses? Well, he's the guy that brought the Israel. Who are they? We, we forget what it was like to not know how to be uh, the proper Christians that we are. And we forget what it's like to, to have these questions. And, and somewhere along the way, we've decided that we're grown enough. That we need to face these problems on our own. That we need to face these situations on our own. And we stop asking the questions. And we allow them to take root on the inside of us. Well, I'm here this morning with one simple word. And that's to tell you this. It's okay to ask questions as long as you're bringing to the one that is the answer we need to get the strength we need to get the courage to bring our questions to God to bring them to him to bring them to almighty God if we ask somehow we don't have faith and believe me I've heard it preached that you don't ask questions you don't question God and I'm not talking about coming and, and charging God foolishly no I'm just talking about being in places to where we don't understand we don't understand why that it seems that evil is blessed and good is punished we don't understand why children get sick and die of cancer we don't understand why marriages break up we don't understand why husbands and wives abuse their children we don't understand these things and we look and we wonder why and we're afraid to ask God because we've got this attitude and something's been put inside of us that if we ask God somehow we don't have faith somehow we don't love him enough but I'm here to tell you it's okay to ask him he's waiting on you to ask him he's got every answer he's got every answer that you can ever need why don't you have the courage to ask him the question believe me I have questions I have my own questions I, I have questions of why that words uh, and promises that have been gifted over me we were we were in a service and there were four people that had things prophesied over them all four of us it was the same prophecy and all three of them received their gift multiple times we never did tell me why that happens Tell me why. Were we less spiritual? Were we not as holy as they are? They're not even licensed ministers. <laughs> why? why? Why didn't I get my promise? We were, we were in the middle of a hospital room and some things were going on and, and I had a pastor friend of mine call me with, with the, the man that actually made the prophecy over all four couples and, and he called and he's speaking in tongues and I feel the Holy Ghost in the hallway of the, of, the, of the hospital where we're at and nothing happens. I've got questions. I've got questions because I don't understand why these things happen. I, I, I've got questions and, and I don't understand because if Psalms 46 is true and if God really is our refuge and street and a very present help in a time of trouble, then where is he when I need him? 
it seems. And it, it's very unsettling to feel abandoned by God. And, and it, it feels like when we look at these scriptures, if this is really real, then what's wrong with me? Why doesn't he love me as much as he loves someone else? What have I done wrong? Where has my walk went wrong? But I'm here to tell you this morning that God loves you with an undying love. He has sent me here to tell you that your questions are okay to ask and he's going to touch you and he's going to strengthen you he's going to bless you you're not in this alone I know the heavens feel brass and I know it feels like your prayers are going nowhere but hear the word of the Lord he hears you he cares for you he loves you he's reaching for you I struggled with this because I knew I knew that I'm not going to be able to stand here and answer questions that you have. I knew that I'm not going to be. There are much more eloquent men than me. You've heard me preach so you know that's true. They're, they've got more wisdom. They've got more anointing. They're just better than I am and they've tried to tackle this but I've come to the same conclusion about their messages. They didn't give me an answer either. They just pointed me in the direction of the one that has the answer. This morning I'm not coming to, to promise you that I've got all the answers. I've come to point you in the direction of the one that does. I'm coming to point you in the direction of the one that is an ever-present help in a time of trouble. I'm coming to point you in the one, in the direction of the one that has all power in heaven and earth. And that is what confuses us. If he has all power in heaven and earth, then where is he when I need him? The author C.S. Lewis, please, I would love to be able to preach something sometimes that's just not as heavy on me. But please feel my heart, feel my heart that God is wanting to touch someone this morning. He's wanting to strengthen you this morning. He's wanting to bless you this morning. After the death of his wife, the author C.S. Lewis penned these words. Why is he so present a commander in our time of prosperity and a very absent in my time of trouble? When everybody's shouting and dancing, woo, he's all around. But when I'm hurting and alone, it's as quiet as it is in the house right now. I'm not, I'm not worried about what I have to preach, Brother Jack. I feel it. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. You can be quiet all you want to, but just if I can get down on the inside of you and just get you to admit, let your spirit admit that you've been to this place before. And if you've not been there or if you've come out of it, understand me, you'll be there again because life and our spiritual walk is a, it's a, it's a temple of just ups and downs, hills and valleys because in the valley we learn his voice. In the mountain we're able to rejoice about what happened in the valley. And then we head back down so that he can teach us again you will be in this place again and so if there was ever someone in the history of all of humanity that had a legitimate reason to ask a question it was Job pastor preached about him last week and if you didn't hear that message it's online you can go and you can find it in three days, he doubled how many time, how many people that we had had listen to our podcast. He doubled in three days because people need to know that worship wins. 
I sent him a picture yesterday. I was all excited because we're not only in Germany, but we're in Ireland too now. We're, we're spreading the entire globe. But he told us last week about the life of Job, how that he was a righteous man. He feared God. He eschewed evil. He made sacrifices not only for himself, but for his family and his children just in case they might have messed up and then forgot to sacrifice for it. He was an upright, holy man. And if there was ever a man that had the reason to have a question, it was Job. I mean, in one day he lost his livestock, his servants, and his children. Yet in, yet in all of this, the Bible says that Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. In our scripture text, we find Job at a place that he cannot find God. He, he went forward and he couldn't find him backwards. Nothing looked to the left and right. And God's working over here and God's working over there. And, and I go into these areas to where he was working at. And when I get there, he's already gone. I can't see him. I can't find him in my life. And I have to say that no matter where I look sometimes, I've not been able to find God. I have to agree and I have to say that I understand. We have the benefit of looking at this story from a distance we can see the last chapter the same as we can see the first but Job was in the middle of the hurt Job was in the middle of the pain Job only had the now I'm here to tell you that some of you are in the now you can't see the end and all you can see is the now but I've come with a word for you this morning that we have a God that declares the end from the beginning he said I know the plans that I have for you and they're plans of good and not of evil they're plans for you to prosper so no matter what you're in understand there's a God that's already at the end and he's telling you to come on this way take another step in me don't give up and don't give in I know you've got questions but come to me I'm the author and the finisher of your faith I might have started something in you but I'm also gonna end it why because I am your God Right now I can see the whole picture. I can, I can see some of the trials that I've been through. There are family members that I know of trials that they have went through. And I can look back and I can see the whole picture. But in the middle of it I didn't have an answer. In the middle of it all I could see was the pain. All I could see is the confusion. All I could hear is the voice of those that are supposed to love us. Telling us to curse God and die. And look at our friends and say. As they begin to judge us and ask us. What did we do for God to bring? you to this I'm telling you it doesn't matter what the world says it doesn't matter what your family says it doesn't matter what your friends say I'm here to tell you what the word says and the word says that he is a loving God that will never leave you nor forsake you he is faithful he is faithful what sin have you committed and that's why we get to that place that we're afraid to even admit that we've got questions, that we're struggling with things. And we look at family members that have lived their entire life for God and wonder why they're going through what they're going through. But I'm here to tell you that God sees all and knows all. And we may not be able to see it, but there's an anointing that's coming out of the storm. There's an anointing that's coming through the questions. There's a power that's coming through the pain. There's an anointing that's coming through... Where you are. 
I wish I could give you all the answers. I wish I could write a book. I would be independently wealthy. I wouldn't have to worry about anything if I could just give you the answer of why. I don't have the answer of why. Three little letters, W-H-Y. Why? If I had that answer. But I can point you to the one. And I can point you to the who. I can point you to the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm still in the middle of my why. I'm still in the middle of my now. But I'm looking unto God. I'm looking unto Him. I'm looking on to Jesus. <coughs> I understand your pain, but I know my understanding does nothing. My understanding does not ease your pain. It does not calm your storm. I've been in places where people lost loved ones. <coughs> and I knew there was nothing I could say. It's going to take that pain away. In fact, when I lost my father, a friend of mine had lost his the year before. He was older than I am, and we were able to just sit and talk. And I remember going to his house, and I just, I just said, Dave, does it get easier? I said, no one's been able to help me. And he just looked at me, and he smiled. And he said, no, it just gets harder. It just gets harder. He goes, but you learn to hold on to the good memories. And those good memories will cause you to get through. Because if there's anything that I know about what you've told me about your dad, he wouldn't want you to stay where you are. He'd want you to keep on going through. So I'm here to tell you that same message, that it may not get easier right away. In fact, it may get harder. But if there's anything I know about your dad, he doesn't want you to stay where you are. He wants you to take another step in him. He wants you to pray another prayer. He wants you to believe again. He wants you to hold on to the promise. He wants you to hold on to the word. He wants you to ask him questions. Oh, I feel when I received hope, hope that is greater than I am, understands your questions. He's not bothered by them. Please understand me. He's not bothered by your questions. He's not angry at your questions. You say, well, how, how can a God of all creation not be angered by me questioning what I'm going through? He doesn't know what I'm going through. He's God and has all power. Can I tell you that that's not how it works? It's the opposite. Hebrews 4 and 15 puts it like this. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. You can't tell me that God's never felt what I feel. He's God. God has felt the pain. God has felt the suffering while he was on the cross. He knew what it was like to have his closest friends deny him and turn their back. He knew what it was like to have people lie upon him. He knew what it was like in the garden to pray a prayer that God did not answer. He's God in the flesh. 
If there's any way that I don't have to go to this cross, if there's any way that I don't have to feel this pain, great drops of blood were pushing through his scalp and through his forehead, and he was crying out under the pressure. The questions, if there's any way, just tell me a way. I don't understand. I don't know why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. I don't know what's going on. I asked my three closest friends to come with me, and I go back, and they're asleep. They don't feel my burden. They don't know where I'm at. I awaken them and I go and pray and I come back and they're still asleep. They don't know what I'm going through. Is there another way? Finally, Judas betrays him and Peter misses the mark completely and cuts off a soldier's ear. Not long after that, we find him standing and just the accusations of a girl child causes him to deny God and curse and run out into the darkness. Jesus is alone, filled with questions. Finally, we find him. It's been dark since the sixth hour of the day and now it's the ninth hour. Three hours it's been dark and Matthew 27, 46 says, And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I'm telling you, he's felt your pain. He had questions too. They were legitimate questions as he looked to the heavens and said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But the powerful part that I found was that he borrowed those words from the psalmist. And in the psalmist, I've got it in here somewhere, in Psalms 22, 1 and 2, says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring, Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. He reached back to the psalmist and borrowed the words of the Old Testament so that we would understand. I know where you're at in the flesh because I've been there in the spirit. My God, my God. He knows what your questions are. Yelling out with everything that I've got. The psalmist pinned on me. He said, my roars. But you're not answering everything that I have. I'm asking you. And Jesus is on that cross. And he begins to cry out, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? And the guards that are around him, they don't understand his pain either. And they're saying he's calling for Elias. He's looking for someone else. I'm here to tell you this morning that not everyone is going to understand your burden in the middle of your question. But God does. Not everyone else is going to feel your pain. But God does. Not everyone else 
is going to be able to see it. You're not going to be able to go to everyone with your burden, but you can come to Jesus. You can come to him. You can come to the almighty God because Hebrews 4, it doesn't end at verse 15. It says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but with all, in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. This morning I've said all of that to say this. We can come to the throne of grace boldly. We don't have to worry. We don't have to wonder. We can come and we can obtain mercy. We can find grace. We can come boldly and ask our question. So this morning, my message is of one of hope. My message is to you to tell you to go ahead, storm the throne room, open the doors, kick them open, and say, Dad, I'm here. I've got questions, and I know you're the only one that can answer. I know you're the only one that can heal. I know you're the only one that can help. And even if you don't, I'm still bringing it to you. Even if you won't, I'm still trusting you. I felt as I was sitting on my couch trying to type this up last night that we've got to come boldly. We've got to come in like we know we belong there. Like we know that he has opened the door to us boldly. It's telling us that we can walk in and we can let him know, God, I'm hurting. I can't find you. And I'm coming to the place that your word promised you would be at this morning. He is in the place that you will find him. He is at the throne of grace and he's going to touch you he's going to strengthen you Job may have not been able to find him but he said he knows the way that I take he knows where I'm at he knows where I'm at. He knows where I'm at. And that's what I get out of Hebrews. That's what I get out of Hebrews. That he knows where I'm at. He knows where you're at, Bethel. He knows the pain. He knows the confusion. I don't know why it had to happen. I don't know why you had to move things and strip things away so that you would move. I don't know why you had to be displaced. I don't know why you had to feel the loss. I don't know why you had to do all of those things that you're going through. But God. God knows where you are and he's been there the entire time he's been walking with you he's been strengthening you when you didn't know your emotions got in the way but the spirit was making utterances for the soul the very spirit was saying keep on walking keep on walking I know you can't feel him but keep on walking I know you can't hear him but keep on walking we can come to him knows the way that I take he knows where I'm at he knows what I feel he knows what I'm facing he knows where you're at he knows the pain the confusion and the loss and the wondering he knows that you've had people judge you and condemn you because you had questions he knows that you've had them tell you that if you had faith you wouldn't question I'm here to tell you that's the only way that I learn who he is is when I begin to bring my questions I begin to make my petitions known I begin to bring them to his feet I begin to lay them out on the altar and say God I don't know where you are but I've got to find you I don't know where you are in this but I need you
want you to bring those questions this morning. Come on, ask him why. Have the courage to ask him why. The Bible says in all of your getting to get understanding. How are we going to get anything if we don't understand? But I love this part of the scripture that says he is a peace that passes all understanding. So even when I don't understand, Brother Cameron, there's a peace of his presence that will let me know it doesn't matter if I'm in his presence. It doesn't matter if I understand. It doesn't matter if I know. It doesn't matter if I get the answer that I want. It doesn't matter if I get an answer at all because I found his presence. I found the one. I found his presence. Jesus in Matthew 23, if we would stand and they come to the music, he lamented over Jerusalem. It says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. You were not willing. He's saying this morning, and some of it I feel in the Holy Ghost, it's not even because of you not wanting it to happen. You're afraid. You're afraid to admit that you don't understand. But he's saying, if you'll just come to me and be willing, I'll gather you together and I'll protect you with my wings. You are my child. You're the sheep of my pasture. I love you with an undying love. And if you are willing to come boldly before the throne of grace, I will speak to you. I will meet you where you are. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's not bothered by your questions this morning. He's not upset that you feel what you feel. In fact, he made you this way. He made you this way. The same God that was on the cross. He said, I, I can't find you. Why have you forsaken me? He made you this way. He formed the first man out of the dust of earth and breathed in him the breath of life and man became a living soul. He made us this way. We're formed in the image of God. made me in your image. We are made in his image. And so when you've got those feelings and those doubts and those fears, understand, so did Jesus. So did Jesus. This morning,
to this tree than you. And maybe your question is not even about something you're going through. Maybe your question is simply this. Do you really love me? We're afraid to ask that question. I, I looked up and you can put in a couple words and it will start finishing questions. And I just put, does God? And like the first five, they were simply, does God know where I am? Does God love me? Does God care about what I'm going through? People are hurting. People are broken. And he's saying, I care about where you are. that's just willing to admit I've got questions would you come and find a place God I need you I need you I need to know that you love me I need to know that you care I need to hear your voice I've looked to the left and to the right I've looked in front and in the back and I see where you're touching everyone else I see where you're moving around everyone else but God where are you when I need you one that's willing to be the one that will step out and say, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Speak to me. Come on, would you just ask him to speak to you? Speak to me. 
those that would, would you join? Would you join? Would you step out onto the aisle or find a place to pray where you are? Find a place to pray. Find a place to pray. Find a place to pray.